It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is Sunday, February 28th. Oh my God, it's the end of February. Thank God. And I am VA and I'm here with Jeff. Yo, yo, yo. And Tim. Hello, hello. What is usually the worst month of the winter here in my area of Massachusetts is over today. And the weather is looking nicer by the day for the most part, except for Tuesday. It's going to suck. It's going to be cold. But anyway, my point is, is this. We're getting into March, which in traditional years of hockey playing, March is uh, is a pretty heavy month. Things start to come together for the teams, you know, and people start going on hot streaks. And that's when you get on a hot streak at the right time, right? And this year, it's going to be a buttload of games for the Bruins because everything was canceled and pushed onto it. Due to no fault of their own. No COVID. Yeah. No COVID people on, uh, on the Bruins, thankfully. And it's not just March. It's April, too. Like, like March and April are just an absolute meat grinder. Mm. Yes, not looking forward to that, honestly. Especially for a team that's already injured. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, I haven't minded like watching a game a week in in the respect of like, you know, I'm I come from the the football thing and I'm used to watching like a game a week and maybe more if I want to and whatever. But, you know, since I have to talk about Bruins, I should watch more than one a game a week. So yeah. My point is, is that it's been kind of nice because I've been watching some other things, you know, like really like the Harley Quinn animated series. It cracks me. the Oh, cracks me up so much. So funny. Just love it. I'm not much of a big DC comics person, but uh, I love that show. Resident Alien. Alan Tudyk. Oh, my God. He is like a national treasure. I just I that show cracks me up, too. So I've been watching lots of other things. Oh. I think I started watching Resident Alien. That's the one where the dude is actually an alien. Yep. Living at, like, snow town, the uh, ski town or whatever. Yep. I don't know. Yes. That was pretty good. That was, I I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, okay, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in with this. I love comedies. I will watch sitcoms. I will watch all sorts of comedies. But it is very rare that a comedy will make me cackle. And that show just cracks me up so much that I'm just like, just cackling with laughter. Have you watched, was it Superstore yet? Oh, I love yes. Superstore. I oh love my it. God. Great, sto- great show. Great show. I have watched that since the beginning because I do love America Ferrera and I love Ben Feldman. On Mad Men, I didn't love him so much, but I love him, you know? I find it in that weird place where I enjoy it because it's funny, but like it's, it's, it pushes awkward funny almost too far to the point where it just becomes uncomfortable and not necessarily funny sometimes. <laughs> and I think it also points out the failures of, of retail stores, like big box retail stores in America. So it makes you Absolutely. think about people that you will encounter in stores. First of all, I make sure that I am very good in stores now. Not that I was never a good person in stores, but it's just like, I've always been the kind of person where it's like, if I decide I don't want something, I put it back in the exact spot where it needs to go, right? I've mm-hmm. always been like that because I have worked retail, I understand, right? But I definitely make sure, sometimes I'll actually just go and refold something even if I didn't do it. 
I didn't ruffle it up. I mean, that's when I'm like really losing my crap. But anyway, my point is, is that you should always be really nice to people working retail. And after watching that show, you should doubly be nice to people working retail. But I love that show. You're right. That's a good show. It's canceled. It's this is the last season. I am so sad. Oh, oh that's sad. It had a good run though. What's that? The seven three? Six seventh? I think it's a sixth season, so Okay. It's a sixth season. Like I just started watching it on Netflix like a couple weeks ago and like we we've been only been like pecking away at it here and there. Yeah, well it started out as like a mid season replacement and then okay. and then it got picked up the next fall. So uh, and and then, my point is, like, I didn't even hear about it until a couple weeks ago. Like, oh, I, man. I, 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 oh, yeah, I've been watching it all along. Yeah, I I guess it's one of those things where I didn't talk about it because I didn't think that anybody else would like it. I thought it was like my own little niche viewing. It reminds me of, of The Office and Parks and Rec, except maybe not as smart and sarcastic. It's a little bit more, you know, middle America. It is smart, but it's not as sarcastic it's like really i don't know i don't know how to explain it well, I, my I only question it. is is d- d- does the store manager become a more tolerable character over time or do they lean too hard into the whatever the fuck that is so much happens with glenn sturgis glenn goes through so much because like glenn's like a, almost a substantial turnoff at the point we're at right now that's why i'm asking <laughs> you'll get better with him it gets more interesting with everybody else so that you, you kind of don't pay attention to him as much. I mean, he's still part of it, obviously he's a, part of the supporting cast, but you know, yeah, mostly the star of the show uh, is Dina. Cause she is just a trip. She is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like Dwight Schrute on steroids. <laughs> that I got right away. Right, right. So, oh, yeah, 100%. but she, she, she just very rarely changes. She is just like that, like the whole it's way. Just Dwight, Dwight Schrute. If Dwight Schrute was played by Melissa McCarthy, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I think over time you learn to just kind of tune out Glenn Sturgis a little bit. But he is supposed to be like the good, well-meaning heart of the show, right? I, I feel like I can't tell you a lot because a lot happens. So my point is like, uh, just keep watching. Don't focus so much on him. You don't need to. And also, Mark McKinney was never one of my favorite kids in the hall. My favorite kids in the hall are, um, let's see, uh, it's uh, it's Dave Foley. It's Bruce McCullough. Dave Foley. Kevin McDonald. Kevin McElhinney. You know, uh, let's see, Scott Thompson. I, I think Kevin and Scott are probably tied. And then Mark McKinney is just last. Sorry, it's true. Yeah, well, he he had all of like the just awful, awful characters. Oh, I love Chicken Lady. That's my house. That's my house. <laughs> but like like the ones that they, the ones that the, um, the, 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 the that that the troops seem to love that just don't stick the landing in my in my opinion. I think I feel like like he had he drew that short stick a lot. <laughs> probably, probably he did a lot of monologues that just didn't do it for me either. I just think he's the least funny of the five of them. But I will say at this point, this far on, it's nice to see. Um, it's it's nice to see when when kids in the hall alumni turn up because, like, even the best of them, we didn't see enough of after the fact. Oh my god, I just I just adore the kids in the hall. I mean, I 
was in my late teens when they started showing up on HBO and and it took me a while to get them but when I got them it was like oh my god Kids in the Hall re- reruns were on Comedy Central right about the time I reliably got home in the um, uh, in a, for early part of high school Ah <laughs> uh, so you were you were blessed to have that a little bit earlier than I did well later but yeah whatever I mean there's some really great skits that they have, you know, real great sketches, I should say, you know, like, I will never not love Nina from Party Planners. And I think actually, Mark McKinney was Nina from Party Planners, wasn't he? Party Planners, when she went into the office to plan a a party with the businessmen, and the businessmen just did not know how to do anything, except hand out business cards, and uh, accost the person they were surprising. (laughs) (laughs) because it was a surprise party they were planning (laughs) but the guy they were planning it for was right there in the room with them it was so dumb i love their jokes about businessmen because businessmen were always stupid (laughs) okay anyway yeah we, we should probably talk about hockey hey at least we talked about something canadian right kids and all very canadian so there we go. Yeah, so this week, if you were a Bruins fan, it was a very tough watch. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, after Thursday night's game, I said to myself, I do not want to watch Friday night's game. And then I sat very passively in the living room while my husband put the game on and I decided to play my little Dragons game until the point where I decided, you know what? I have to finish my laundry and I have to go and do this other thing. And this other thing, everything's far more pressing than watching this game. And at 9.15, I looked at my husband after I came back downstairs and I said, you can turn this off now. You can, Rachel's on. You can turn on Rachel. And he said, oh, yeah, I can. And we turned the game off. I watched it until immediately after the sixth goal, at which point this i'm gone yeah i think it was the sixth goal at that point when i was just like you don't need to watch this anymore you see you see see that blew me away like the islanders happened i'm like okay they just they just traveled cross country so there's gonna be some time zone situations in here and like they're injured and apparently the islanders get their goat so like okay fine but so that's why i went back to watch fridays that reasoning did not did not shake out for me at all yeah, see, um, my reasoning was I saw the Bruins just completely get blown out by the Islanders on Thursday, which I knew they would lose. I just didn't think that they would lose 7-2. to And when I saw what happened to them, you know, starting basically in the, well, honestly, let's just say it started in the first period. So it was just like, all right, the Bruins were in it until the third for sure when the third everything was just completely blown out and fucking from the beginning of the game, the Islanders wouldn't let the Bruins could not break out of their own zone. Every single zone exit, the Islanders for check it, check just just shattered it. Even like one-on-ones one-on-two in the four check would still break him. I couldn't understand it. It's like, what are they doing? It's just just, just some sort of crazy Barry trots, like psychic warfare, MK ultra bullshit. Men who stare at goats, like, come on, what the, what, what the fuck was it? <laughs> I know that the focus uh, on a lot of the, you know, the first two games here, uh, the, the Isles game and the Rags game, 
Thursday and Friday night. I know a lot of the emphasis was on the, you know, on ragging on the the young defense, but we did not have David Krejci. No David Krejci. And um, like, let's fucking face it. It was like, oh, Bruce, I'm get this. Like, we're, we're, we're running 11 deep right now, guys. Like, this is not having depth. Everyone bottoms out after about after their 11th defenseman or so. Right. <laughs> I, I really wonder if you can point to anybody in those first two games of this week as playing really, really well. No. no. Every, everybody no. stunk. And there were various degrees to which people stunk. But still, I'm glad that Bruce decided to change things up for today. I, I don't know. How much do we really want to go into these these past two games? How much- I, I have a few just general observation things okay. that, confu- that I just want to comment on. Because at the time, they were like, what? Uh, one, so while I understand that, yes, Rask was slated to play the next night. Around the point where Halak smashed his stick, you pull that goalie. Yep. Does not matter what you're doing with the other goalie the next day. When your goalie smashes his stick, his game is over. Yep. Absolutely. There was not so, so there's 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 a couple third period cho- coaching choices Bruce made in that game specifically that irked me. That's one of them. The other is um and this one not so much irked me specifically, it's in context. Um after that awful flub by Frederick in the low slot. Oh, we yeah. saw Frederick again that game. <laughs> Like, 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 I'm not saying necessarily, but like, but fuck, Bjork does that. Bjork, Bjork probably does, Bjork's told to go to the fucking room, right? Yeah. DeBrusque does that. He's not, he's not, not seeing another shift that game. I like Trent Frederick a lot, but what does he deserve to earn the kind of, that kind of benefit of the doubt after a fuck up like that, that these other players haven't? I think you want him on the ice for Matt Martin. Yeah. I think that's kind of, okay. that's probably it. Uh, Matt Martin is—he's their 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 pugilist. He's their tough hitting guy. You know, it's like I feel like if you take Frederick out, you don't have somebody to counter if something should arise that we're a fight. Well, I mean, like, but that game you still have a Chris Wagner to do, you know, punchy things and. But he as we saw a couple, as well. you saw about an hour ago, like you know, Nick Ritchie can do that too. Although that didn't go so well for him, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, <laughs> it, it didn't. Um, I would also like to point out about the Ritchie or the uh, Frederick thing. It was a, it was a, a gaffe. It was bad. But um, there are some particular people that I follow on the tweet machines that have been banging the whole Frederick isn't ready for the NHL drum for the last couple weeks and blamed the entire seven two loss on that one singular play. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that is, me. that is when my- everything fell apart. That, that goal and arguably that play was the one that did, did, did just knock what was left of the house of cards down. But like still, like in a seven-two loss to point to, if your whole team like absolutely shits their collective beds after one play like that and just gives up a ton more goals, like there's something more going on than just that one play. Let's lay out the facts. Do the Bruins play well when they've had three days off or four days off? No, they they did travel across the country, but they were back by Monday, I think. So the the point is is that yeah, they they just don't play well 
with multiple days off. Like the every other day thing works very well for them. But when you start adding days off that they they uh, to what they have, and then remember they haven't played as much because they had games canceled on them. You know, yeah. so every time they have games canceled on them or they have just a huge amount of time in between games, they come out and they play like shit. So, yeah, you can't blame the team's mental fortitude on Trent Frederick fucking up in front of the net. You can't. I mean, you can no. if you want to, you you can you can do that, but you'll be wrong. You're exactly. right. You cannot blame the collective collapse on one person in one play. They all just collapsed. They just gave up. This is the thing I don't get. Were I a coach and my goalie gave up four goals, okay, let's take a look at this. So he gave up two in the first, nothing in the second, thankfully, but then he gave up two uh, two goals in the third. By the fourth goal, which was the Everly goal, I would have pulled him. That's the goal where he smashed his stick. Oh, that's where he's, I didn't know where he smashed his stick. Yeah, he was, it was at fourth goal when he smashed it like for every possible fucking reason that is when you again yes i get it rask was slated to play the next night and you got to be careful on back-to-backs but like what good are you doing at that point keeping halak in you pull halak then bruins have a chance right you should have pulled Pulak uh, and Pulak. let's say try that again you should have <laughs> there are too many Pulaks and Peleks and Halaks and all this stuff in oh, this game. Fuck. Pulak and, Pulak and Pelek are entirely too close together. Like, that's not fair at all. Like, that, why not. would you have your top pairing defensemen have the same name? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck oh, you. Fuck you. It's so annoying. <laughs> it, it is so annoying. But, okay. So, Halak, you had, you should have pulled him in this game because guess what? You were probably, you should have pulled Tuka in the next game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then between the two of them, they each would have played a game. <laughs> well, and, and that's just it. Like, like that game didn't, by leaving Halak in after he smashed his stick there. I mean, that was, that was Bruce throwing in the towel right then and there. And maybe, okay. And maybe fair. Maybe he knew his, his, his knew they just didn't have it, but like. Those those third and fourth goals were like that. Those are those are like you know you can get over those goals. The Beauvalier one, no one's fault. That was just a nice goal. And then and then that second one, well, and for goal number four, well, anyway. But leaving him in, you, you, it only turned into that into a seven-two calamity because you left to lock in. Yeah, his after the after he smashed the stick, his mind was out of it. He was done. Like, like he was shot. You got to pull the goal. Yeah, after the Everly goal, they scored for every every two minutes, basically, and change. Yeah. How, what good were you doing? What good were you doing? And yeah, him it, in? it was a game that you could have you could have equalized. It's not like it was already gone. Yeah, I mean, four like four to two, right? A two game, uh, a two goal lead is the most dangerous lead, basically. I was gonna say, just like yank the fucking goalie and, and roll tide. Come on, do the thing. Like this is this is, this team can do that. It's capable of it. It has the manpower. <laughs> so it's like I I have to wonder if like they looked at the calendar and they went, well, this is a loss. So let's just lose. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but if they're thinking that way on the Islanders, like. We'll see. That's that's not a great way to be. No, it's not. I, I get it. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just saying by everything that I saw, it looked like they were just like, eh, we're going to lose this game. So what does it matter if we lose this game four to two or seven to two? Well, it's a big difference because guess what, guys? Between those two games, you virtually wiped out your goal differential. 
that you had on other teams in spectacular fashion. And it made me like cringe and want to vomit. I will say this with those two losses, I think in the past, I probably would have overreacted about this team. I found myself very calm about the Bruins playing poorly just because of the Bucks winning. So it's been nice to sit back and watch everybody like else for a change, <laughs> overreact because well, I'm, the, I'm the, always the, the one that's overreacting. Always. Yeah, I, I, I it's understand true. it's this it's this fan base. I just didn't get the overreacting. Like these games were dog shit. They were fucking dog shit served on dog shit on a plate made of more dog shit <laughs> with a dog shit with a dog shit sauce. <laughs> but. But we're missing Krejci. We're only playing, so we're missing two thirds of our intended opening night second line. Mm-hmm. We are, are we're missing um, for those two games. Um, yeah, we, so we're all back for yeah, he one was of wh- them, right? No, he was back for both of them. Okay, yeah, so we're missing two thirds of our intended left defense and our third and our intended tender intended three three right D, like. Uh, like anyone screaming, screeching, and screaming in these games, and just like, well, look at look at this. It's a fucking bloodbath, guys. And of course, we're at the bottom of our depth. Incidentally, not a good look for John Moore's long term future in the future in this um uh, in this organization if he's getting outplayed by Stephen fucking Camper. But we'll get to today. How many more <laughs> years do we have on that? Is it two more after this year? It's um, I believe so. Yes. Oh God. Um. I'm expecting a buyout this this summer, and not, it's not even because John Moore's not useful to have around. It's at that contract, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember when I tried to figure this out many years ago? I said it's got to be for the Seattle draft. Except he hasn't played well enough for Seattle to want to pick him up. He hasn't played enough games, so he doesn't even so he doesn't meet the exposure. Well, no, so he's will be exposed, but like he doesn't count to our minimums. Oh fuck you! Because there's no Moore. scenario he's going to play enough games. Yeah, because he's made... he's not good. <laughs> I mean, actually, Boston's kind of in a tight spot for that because, like, it's um, it's not guaranteed that any of our defensemen, any of our defensemen that they're not protecting, will meet the exposure minimums. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, well, uh, okay. Well, because all the non, all of the non rookies or guy that didn't play for a year and a half, um, we're all presumed, presume Boston's presumably a protection list, right? <laughs> so what you're telling me is that I'm going to lose Brandon Carlo to the the uh, the Kraken, and I'm going to be very sad, or maybe I happy. Mean, like, I don't know. I don't really ha- don't know how much stock to give to it, but like Dom Tiano doesn't trade in bullshit. He seems to think that the Bruins will end up exposing or trading Grizz and protecting Lausanne. I'm just like, uh, I mean, like I like Lausanne and he's been doing good work and especially we're seeing now how important he's been, which incidentally, holy fuck, like really like Lausanne's been great. And we're really seeing how, how great now. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because Lausanne is playing kind of well in Providence and so is Cooper Zach. So he'd give them a sh- either one of them a shot. Cooper Zek's not on, not, not on an NHL contract. No, he's not. You would have to actually sign him to an NHL contract to do that. But he, his, his deal was AHL only, but still. He's playing well. He's playing very well. But, like, the point is, is like, they're, 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 the point we're at in, our, in, our, in, the, in the depth chart, the next two call-ups are 
Ashan and Wolf. Wolf has played 25 professional games. Ashan has played nine. Mm. I want to get back to the Seattle draft for a minute, just so I can say this out loud. And then hopefully it will be completely wrong or something. But I, I just don't feel like the Bruins would give up on their hometown kid. I think they would expose somebody else. I, I've, I've come around to it's it's obvious, well partly because of the injury, so he hasn't been able to earn the right to be protected. Hundred percent, they expose Kasha. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And again, you know what? People will, people will shriek, but like Kasha's found Kasha has always been found money because the rest of that trade is approximately what it probably would have cost to get rid of David Backus anyway. I'll be honest with you; it is going to sound like the most careless thing I've ever said in my life here on this podcast anyway i don't care about kasha i'm sorry i mean i don't want him to be injured i don't want him to have concussion issues but as for the i would like to see him play enough games to have a real opinion of him as a bruin um <laughs> but otherwise i just don't care I- i'm sorry so it's like if he gets exposed and he goes somewhere else i don't care i just don't well that's just it. like my, my point is it's like people will sure oh but assets like they didn't give up fucking assets for, for andre kasha andre kasha was found money and it didn't work out, and that fucking sucks. Yeah, that's basically it. It just didn't work out. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where I am with him that uh, the biggest asset you can be to a team is being available, and he's just not been available. And it's not his fault. No, I no, it's not. It's not. It, but you know, some it, of it's been his fault. Probably having to quarantine and probably having actually had COVID. That was kind of his fault. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say that he and, and Pasta had the big bonehead moves. Oh, yeah. They fucked up. They fucked up. They fucked up. So, so therefore, not going to be sor- uh, sad or sorry about that, uh, you dummies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh, okay, I don't want to dwell too much on the on the Kasha thing other than he's not here. I'm worried about Krejci. I want Krejci back as soon as we can get him back, you know? Well, there's just, it, like, 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 Coyle's been great during this interval playing, uh, playing up minutes, but it's not the same. Nope, nope, nope. because you know what? I got to tell you, in his absence, I have appreciated the sneaky goodness of David Krejci. How... How Bergeron, Marshan, and Pasta take so much pressure off of him in a way so that he can just be sneaky good. And nobody's saying he isn't good. I'm just saying, like, it's just he can fly under the radar a little bit more and be a, an assist machine. Crazy related. Studnica looks like a different player in his proper position than he did. Than he, did. he did playing right wing on at the beginning of the season, doesn't he? Like, part of me is just like, I wouldn't be opposed to when Krejci comes back to maybe Stunica is 4 C and uh, Scratch Corrali. Is Corrali and Wags have both been not good? <laughs> Corrali's been in on a lot of things. He just hasn't been making anything happen. But today, he did look like an anthropomorphic bowl of noodles. I mean, like, you got to give him something. It's like, okay, he was playing with Coolman, who I'm fucking done with. I'm just like, Coolman yeah, used, used to intrigue me. Now it's like, no, he's, 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 he's gotten worse. He, it's, not, it's not just that he hasn't um, uh, progressed, it's that he's, he's, or even stagnated. I think he's, he's a lesser player than he was during earlier call-ups. Yeah. 
he he's kind of a four A player. Where pretty good in the AHL, but not really great in the NHL. Yeah, someday they'll wake up to that, but it's not today. So, but but anyway, my my point is is that Jeff's trying to hurt me with words, trying to hurt me with the whole take Corelli out. He's trying to hurt me by taking away taking away one of my boys. But I'm going to tell you something right now, okay? I'm kind of already like saying goodbye because I know he isn't going to be here next year. So, oh no, I mean, you can't the, hurt me anymore. Yeah, I guarantee Jeff. you, Sweeney's got the plans for Frederick to be four C next year. <laughs> so, like, you can't hurt me anymore, Jeff. Can't be hurt. You can only hurt me if you threaten to trade Brandon Carlo, and I'm worried about that again. I thought I'd be over that by now, but no. I am going to have to worry about that for a long time. And, you know, the worst thing about it is that Patrick M., you know, Generation X-Wing on Twitter, he always is playing some NHL simulator thing with, like, uh, the NHL, I mean, the Seattle Kraken and stuff. And he thinks that Brandon Carlo is going to go there. He's been saying this for years. So, anyway. <sighs> And I'm but just he's from like, Colorado, and he didn't play for he didn't play for for, for 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 Seattle. He played for Portland. He played for the Tri City Americans, which is not. Oh fuck! I thought he was a Winterhawk. Shit. Okay. No, he was not a Winterhawk. <laughs> so he was one of the Tri City Americans. So he was okay. In so he Spokane. was like in Spokane. Yeah, fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spokane. So yeah. So basically, still, you know, whatever. It's, he's not saying it based on like I love this kid and whatever. He's like. Yeah, that kid's going to look good in the Seattle Kraken uniform or Seattle uniform. He he actually wanted him them to be the Metropolitans or something. So anyway, he's been gaming this out for, for a while. And I'm just like, every time he says it, I'm like, yeah, that's mine. But then again, I kind of like the, the Kraken so much that like the Kraken are going to be my second team. Come on, man. I, I was a little worried for a bit there that, 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 that Trump and all their fucking lawsuits would ruin it. But uh, but that seemed to manage not to happen. What? What? What is this? Or they were calling that Trumpists were calling the whole, you know, trying to overturn the election thing prior to the riot. Like they were using, you know, release the Kraken like terminology referring to all these oh. ridiculous lawsuits that were supposed to be coming forward. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was OK. Yeah, I saw that and it would make me cringe a little bit. But then I like soothe myself with thinking about how fun it's going to be to have the Seattle Kraken and. And that uniform, and I love that uniform. The, the uniform's so nice. They did so well with the uniform, the logo. They did so well with the unveiling of everything. Like they per they played everything. Everything perfect. was great, and they're doing so many diversity initiatives and the and sales of the t-shirts. Now they're going to end up hiring Claude. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> we got to talk about that, don't we? We do, we do. Okay, in a little bit. Okay, so but let me just say. The, the Kraken are doing a lot of great things, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah, they're going to be my second team. I still love you, Roman Yossi, but you did break my heart, and your team actually just kind of sucks, and I hate them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like, they're, they're like in the worst possible place to be a sucky team. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, no, San Jose is slightly in a worse place for that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd go back to Nashville and go see a game because I want to go back to Nashville at a different – Maybe a different time of the year, maybe a little earlier in the year or something. And I can't because you brought up Nashville hot chicken uh, uh, before we started officially talking. Um, I, I have to go back and get some more. I have to try Prince's this time. Oh, Prince's is supposed to be the best. So, like, I, I got to go. 
yeah, I, I, I want to go back to Nashville. Nashville, I think, is very, uh, it's a very interesting city, and it's really nice city to walk around in parts. So I, I'd like to do that a little bit more. So anyway, I, I did want to bring up something too when Jeff was talking about Coleman. When does the team just finally give Sinitian another shot? Because he's like playing really well in Providence. In I, seven I, games, four goals and three assists. Honestly, my guess is he's getting a call up when they get back to Boston, right? When they were away, it wasn't really a choice unless they're going to ask him to drive to New York in his own car. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know when the Sinitian's going to get a, uh, a call up. Maybe soon. I'm just going to say, I mean, if they're already ready to scratch wags and Coolman clearly wasn't a, wasn't a solution, not enough to put the fear of God in him, right? Why not give him a, I guess a call up right away? Like you got to call, you got a few games before you have to go back on waivers. Right. So like, just, just. Yeah. Give him a shot. He's, he's played so well. He's played so well this year so far. I mean, I know it's like it's, 10, because he's got ten games or thirty days, whatever, right? So, exactly. Which means you can even, you know, cut, avoid the days and punt him down to the um, uh, taxi squad in between, right? So, like they've been doing all along with Studnicka and Frederick. Yep. Yep. Any real thoughts on the the Rags game on Friday night, other than um, the wow. Ryan Lindgren's really bitter about being traded by this team, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I got from that, yeah. <laughs> really, really fucking bitter. <laughs> I I wrote Ryan Lindgren, who's been a bit of a dick <laughs> when I was writing a write-up. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, he he wants to be really aggressive, and there's no love loss, apparently, with the, the guys that used to play with him and other people, they're like, yeah, fuck you. Well, no, 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 no one on this roster ever played with him because um, Boston traded his rights. He wasn't even signed yet when he got traded. Oh, okay. Well, there's no, it doesn't matter. They're like, you're not a Bruin. But I mean, on Friday night, the Bruins were not nearly as aggressive as they were today. No, no. I mean, and, and right from the beginning today, uh, everyone was going for, uh, wanted a piece of Ryan, Ryan Lindgren. It was Bergie and then it was Marshy. Like, honestly, everybody else. painful to watch for a while. It's like, man, guys, this is fucking vengeful. Nope, like, nope. Just, 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 just uncompromising and relentless now, see, and I, cruel. I did not feel like that at all because, remember, <laughs> Ryan Lindgren, who's been a bit of a dick, <laughs> ultimately deserves to have people... Not cave him in, but hit him. <laughs> you don't get into hockey unless you like to be hit. Okay, <laughs> that Fair. that's the way it is. I mean, if you're a goalie, you don't like to be hit. You just like to be hit with pucks and the occasional. Which is crazier, stick. to be honest. <laughs> well, have I ever said that that goalies were uh, well-adjusted, normal human beings? No, oh, I've never said that. No, no. That's how this is known. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so I'm saying, if you're a hockey player, you have to want to be hit. You know, there is there is something that happens with your brain when you get hit. So if you get hit in certain ways, like you have nerve growth factor that just kind of, kind of makes your brain feel a little bit better and a little more alive. Some people really like to be hit. They just do. And I think hockey players are those people. That's fair. 
Ryan Lindgren, he was getting hit the crap out of today. And it was wonderful. <laughs> okay, I guess we're going to gloss over that that, that uh, Friday night game, which sucked. It sucked. It's just, just, just so bad. You shouldn't have left Tuka in for the whole game. Just like you shouldn't have left uh, Halak in for the whole game the night before. Basically, everybody pretty much played like shit. And that game was lost, honestly, very early. Moving on to to today's game because Friday it was a uh, it was definitely a game that you could just forget and throw away the tape and it was a shit show. Never watch again. Tim. Yeah, it was a just, shit show. Just, just just burn the game tape and move on. <laughs> yes, there was nothing nothing particularly positive to take from that. So yes, we will move on to today's game, which I actually have to turn the page back to the front page because I wrote my games backwards this week. Uh, yeah, so today's game was a refreshing thing to see. Uh, of course, the Bruins had dropped like four of five games uh, in the last five game span. So it was good to see the Bruins actually come out and try and be super aggressive with Ryan Lindgren. <laughs> yeah, super aggressive with Ryan Lindgren. And I'd like to point out this quote for after the game, too. Um they asked uh, Trent Frederick about Nick Ritchie and the Muse fight, and Trent Frederick said, "Hopefully, I get another shot at forty-eight. That was it. That was his quote. Hopefully, I get another shot at him." Oh, is that Brendan Lemieux's na- uh, number? Yeah, oh, he didn't okay. even call his name. He just called him forty-eight. Okay. He was like, "Yeah, hopefully, I get another shot at forty-eight. If Trent Frederick ha- would have fought him, you know, it would have been fun because I actually hope that T. Freddie just fights all sorts of people on every team, like at least one guy per team. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, fighting around the world, <laughs> <laughs> and like like we saw today, Nick Ritchie's just not he held his own okay for a bit, but then he lost his bucket and then immediately got jerseyed. Yeah, he started looking like Bambi on the ice there, and then, yeah, he's a big beefy boy, but he is not a fighter necessarily. But I do appreciate the fact that when Lemieux was like, "Hey, throw down," he was like, "Okay." I mean, nothing was going to happen from this. Absolutely nothing. It was at the 60-minute mark. So there was going to be no penalty, really. Yeah, well, exactly. And, like, you know what? It, it's sort of silly that, that Lemieux felt the need to challenge him to that because it's like, really? I mean, like, how could you look at what happened in front of the net there and, like, really blame Richie for it? Yeah, it's <laughs> not Richie's fault that he fell down on Georgiev's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a reason, a like, he got penalties there, but none of them were goaltender interference. <laughs> right, right. The penalties he got were for roughing with Ryan Lindgren. They both got roughings, and then he got an extra one, which was served by Craig Smith, which is why it made it four on four. But Lemieux was like, I need to stand up for my goaltender, even though you didn't really do anything overtly wrong. And it's like, and <laughs> yeah, Richie's like, of. okay, fine. I fell in his head. Let's fight. It's like, by the way, when you're supposed to do this stuff like soon after it happens, douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Look, I appreciate that that Richie was like, sure, fine, whatever. Because then it's not. Hopefully, it's not going to carry over into the next game. It's just going to be like we solved this matter. I mean, it's Brandon Lemieux, and he is his father's son, so like it'll come up. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some other thing that's going to happen. <laughs> and then T. Freddy's just going to be like, no, dude, like, you want to fight me because I want to fight you so bad. <laughs> yeah, like, you want to fight me? Please, like, I'm a crazy person. Please fight me. <laughs> please fight me. 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 Please fight
like me. He takes his palms and he, he like bashes them together. It's going to get to a point where people are going to like not want to fight Freddy because he's he's going to just be like laughing throughout the fights. Well, he's being got that like, Adam yeah, McQuaid look in his eyes when he fights. Yeah, yeah, he does. The, 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 just, just, just the true crazy. Just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Adam McQuaid, who we did not mention, I don't think that he retired officially, uh, that he's also a new father of a son named Roman, and he is now part of the Bruins alumni, which means he's going to go around playing the charity games. So that's kind of nice. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So I guess he had the surgery that he needed to have, and that's fine. But anyway. Okay, getting back to to T. Freddy, I just want him to fight whoever he wants to fight, just because it's fun, and he wants to do it. So let him do it. Um, let's get back to Richie for a minute, okay? Now, the other day, I pointed out a meme that's been going around for I don't know since the dawn of time. It seems like, but this this one was a a meme that it, it particularly was suited for for Jeff. It's the one where it's like you have the guy and the girlfriend and the guy has this like, whoa, like smoking look uh, on on the girl who's in the foreground. Like he's looking at her and the, and the girlfriend is like kind of ticked off. Right. Well, in that one, you have R- Nick Ritchie is the girl in the foreground. The boyfriend would be Jeff and the girlfriend who is ticked off would be Denton Heinen. <laughs> And it just hit a little too close to home. <laughs> just just a touch. <laughs> he many- shared this. And my response was, uh, man, all lowercase with punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, accurate. <laughs> I should have done the Stefan accurate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, damn it. Next time. Next time I'll do it. How, how many goals in the season does uh, Denton Hyden have? Uh, fewer than Nick Ritchie. And apparently he's coming up in trade rumors that would that could send him to Vancouver for Jake Vertanen. <laughs> this, was, this was moving around yesterday, I believe. Oh, Vancouver wants one of their hometown boys back, huh? I mean, Vertanen's also a hometown boy. They want like to see if this one's better. <laughs> has up uh, three goals incidentally uh, yes <laughs> that's the same total that he had this time last week is it the same total that that nick ritchie had this time last week probably not no no just no, despite him not scoring in the game where we actually won he did you know do things the other two <laughs> right so anyway i i just thought that was really funny how do you feel about nick ritchie <sighs> it's confusing like like, there's not actually a lot to like about his game, but he gets shit done. Yeah, I, I think it's more important to know what a player does well and work with that and then try to improve other parts. But basically, it's kind of like it's a little bit of the opposite of, of, of David Pasternak, who's like, you're great at scoring. Just score. Don't worry about the other stuff. With Nick Ritchie, it's like, you're good at net front. Don't worry about the other stuff. You can hit people. You can you can do all sorts of other things. Don't try to score from the point. <laughs> He's like net front, like Nick Lynchy net front is what they hoped. Like everyone else that they've tried net front would be like Jimmy Hayes net front. Like this is like what they had hoped for. David well, exactly. Yeah, they've gone uh, for all these the, the, the Cassidy years. Net net front on power play one's been a calamity. Mm-hmm. Like like you, you pick a body and it just didn't work. 
And that unit would be scoring away, and the net front would be a non-factor. It was the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's DeBrusque. Even, you know, DeBrusque was the one that held it the longest, but he wasn't scoring on the power play, despite the scores, scoring happening around him. <laughs> <laughs> Thus emerges an unlikely candidate who gets shit done. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of does. Like, I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was this circle or if it was a different circle of friends. We used to joke that, like, that, 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 that Gronk's entire thing is Gronk football. Gronk football. Gronk football. Okay. I kind of no, feel like that's that. pretty. That, no, that's, no that, that's pretty accurate, Gronk. Uh, yeah. It, except that Gronk is like, in between, you have to put Yo Soy Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gronk football. <laughs> I honestly think that a show starring Gritty and Gronk would be hilarious. Just, that would be something. Oh, my God. That would be the best show. I would watch that oh. all the time. Also, with Gronk. Anyway, Nick Ritchie's like, oh, Richie mm-hmm. Hockey? It doesn't yeah. work as well. But. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's Richie Net from present? <laughs> you know the, Park? You know, the, 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 thing, the thing is, I don't think of Nick Ritchie ever speaking. <laughs> That's fair. Cast walk up to him, he's like, putting his hand on his shoulders, like, Nick, here's the deal. You're a far better door than you are a window. Go forth. Be a door. And then Nick Ritchie takes some improv classes, and then it's like he just moves, pivots one foot. Yeah, he's trying to decide which which door he is today. (laughs) Does he open out or open in? (laughs) Some days he's a he's a saloon door. You know, it just does both. <laughs> but but this is an improv class. Don't you want to be more than just a door? No. <laughs> I'm happy being a door. I get things done when I'm a door. <laughs> he's making he's making himself. He's, good at it. He's, just, he's not like some you know screen door that someone can just Kool Aid man through. No 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 no. He's that's some solid shit. Kool Aid yeah. man has never gone through a screen door. It's always a brick wall. Come on. Kool-Aid manning through something is just running through a stationary object, right? They're a solid object, and that is the version of Kool-Aid manning that I've seen most often, is someone, usually drunkenly, walk through a screen door. And he is not a screen door. He's... he's, No, no, that that shit's oak. Yeah, he's oak. He's He's not moving, (laughs) but he's opening for those goals. So, uh, listeners, VA's making that face like, oh, God, why do I do a podcast with these morons? (laughs) (laughs) I am plenty moron for this. (laughs) I'm just like sitting there just like, I don't really want to talk about doors anymore. (laughs) Just just, got to beat that bit right to death. (laughs) All right. Okay. So we know what Nick Ritchie is good at. That's great. He's much better at that than whatever his brother was doing. So good. Good, good, good. I'm sorry. Turns out he is the better Ritchie. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're going to have to get Kevin Hayes at some point to see which Hayes was brothers was uh, which Hayes brother was the better brother. We already I mean, like, but I feel like that's pretty conclusive without Hayes, without Kevin playing for Boston. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm just saying, I feel like there's the double thing where it's like we have to compare the brothers, but also we have to get the local guy. You know how it is. So also it'd be nice to benefit from that name rather than not for once. Right. And speaking of local guys, Charlie Coyle, he not only got his fourth goal t- uh, today, 
he got his fifth goal too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He he was the local boy who who did good today. Well, and that's just it. Charlie Coyle has been playing actually like great, but it's because he's it's weird because he's playing with more or less the same line mates. He's just playing more minutes and it's working. He's been a little snake bitten this year. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying like but signing like he's him. He's been objective. He's been producing in Krejci's absence, and normally you'd say, "Oh, it means he's got better wingers." Except, no, he's still playing with Smith on one side, and he was playing with Richie from time to time before. <laughs> Meanwhile, DeBrusque continues to just circle the fucking bowl. Yeah, he... honestly, ten bucks. DeBrusque is part of a, is part of a um, outgoing rental package for much better left wing or defense. Even, oh god, that's how we're gonna get Taylor Hall, isn't it? Because Buffalo would be like Debrusk for Hall straight up would be not a great trade, but like I'd rather that than give up futures because I'm done with Jake Debrusk. I really am. How about Jake Debrusk and Anders Bjork? I'm less done with Bjork than than Debrusk. I have lower expectations for Bjork, and I think he's delivering on them. We just people just need to shake off whatever higher expectations they had for him. Whereas Debrus just is Debrus just sort of is. Yeah, yeah. At this point, Debrus. I is still think Bjork's doing things when he's not scoring. Debrus doesn't do fuck all when he's not scoring. And he doesn't score anymore. So what? What is DeBrusque? What is DeBrusque for? We have talked about this. We know what Sweeney and Cassidy want from him. They want him to be more defensive minded, and to score. Right? Well, he's doing neither. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this! Like this is this goes back to you know, I mean, like I don't know, like. I'm just fucking finished. Like he's he's just he has one more point on the season than Anders Bjork. Well, he's played some fewer games, too. Keep in mind. But, you know, because he was out for a few games. Yeah, but, like, like, like just, just, just no. Yeah, he's, we we know what he is at this point. Yeah, he's streaky. But, like, over the past couple of years, his streaks are fewer and far between. And here's the thing is, if you're going to trade him, you have to trade him now. This is like the last moment that his reputation is going to hold him hold, hold him any anymore, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, like now people will just still judge him based on draft position and that almost 30-goal season from two years ago. Go any further and that stops mattering. Right. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating to see this. You, I, you, he came back a little bit on fire, but he's lost it. So, but, ya boy, T. Freddy. Had a stick in the right place. I thought it was Clifton's goal. I did, but I because I didn't see the end of that as well until they slowed it down. So glad to see Frederick scoring his uh, second goal of his career of the year and the second yeah. goal of the game. And yeah, the game, ultimately the game winner. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think he's winning the stars. So no, I don't think he was. I think everybody who hit the crap out of Ryan Lindgren should get a star. (laughs) (laughs) It was a coil pasta rask. Oh, okay. I mean, but but Rask didn't really face that many shots. Uh, Yeah, he uh, he saved uh, 15 of 16 or something like that. 20 of 21. Um, Yeah, 20 of 21. Ah, damn it. 
You're close, though. Uh, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a lot. It, uh, because yeah. I knew that the Bruins had like 35 shots on goal or something. So, But anyway, we haven't we've talked. We've danced around it. This game was a complete effort. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It was just a tightly played game. It was, it was nice. It was relentless. Um, I had some thoughts before. Hang on. Shit. Jack well, Studnica. Just, man, that guy needs to spend some time with the shooter tutor. <laughs> because like all three of these games he's gotten these like these absolute dynamite chances and then like posts oh or, like, yeah puts it in, or, or, or puts it right into the pads or the numbers or or goes wide like again and again it's like dude spend some fucking time working on your accuracy putting some biscuits on basket man because holy fuck <laughs> yeah he did however i will say he did look good with uh, Frederick on the ice. They seem to have some. Well, I'm saying he's looked good in all these games. He just, he just does. His shots are awful. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. He's getting all these great chances. That means he's playing well. He's just like, got to tidy that up a bit. Yep. I mean, one of them was that wide open net that he posted, right? Oh yeah. That was bad. That was that was bad. And then that two on nobody today was like he had an opportunity to grab his own rebound and stuff it in and didn't. <laughs> yeah. I like what I'm seeing. I'm just like oh, it's like he's like this close to breakout, I think, right now is what it is. I would agree with that. I think he's he's very close to busting through and just being a machine. I like him a lot. I like his play a lot. He's better. He's giving you more than a lot of the other guys. So, I mean, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He'll get it together. It's, it's only I don't know how many official games it's been for him this year. So, yeah, it's going to take a little more time for him. That's fine. And he's played ten games. It's frustrating to see, though. I get it. They came out hitting early. They basically dominated the shot totals through much, if not the whole game. They looked like a completely different team than they did on Friday night. So that was really after, good to see. After the whole Richie falling on Georgiev incident and the losing that power play and the mess of man advantage that happened after, they still got a goal and then closed out and then closed out everything from there. The three on four, the four on three, the five on three, and then the regular power play. They managed to close all those out. Yeah, so. they look like they would normally look like. Yes. So I did not happen to take a look at the penalty killers time on ice during that sequence, but I imagine it was a combination of Carlo and McAvoy eating up some minutes there. But Carlo played 245 shorty shorthanded this game in a game where, there's not that many, where there wasn't that many short um, uh, shorthanded minutes to go around. Yeah. Um, and then McAvoy, 202. Yeah. So that's good. That's... Camper played four seconds. <laughs> Big four seconds. Hey, I know you guys were ragging on the idea of having Camper in there, but Camper has I mean, like, NHL meant experience. No John Moore, and like that may just be pure addition from by subtraction. Right. He has NHL experience, which is good, and he's also not John Moore. So there we go. This is fine. Yeah, I, yeah, John Moore is definitely being bought out this summer. I can't see it any other way. I don't understand why they signed him for five years. I don't either. I don't understand why they signed him in the first place. Like, I get it. Maybe there was some trepidation that that, that Grizzlick's rookie season uh, was a flash in the pan. But like, why five years? Wasn't why 
I mean, wasn't this like right after the Bruins went through two postseasons of just going through their defense? Oh, because, yeah. yeah like, that's... remember, it wasn't until Brandon Carlo's like third season that he actually made it to the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't. He only made it to the playoffs when we, you know, actually went to the final. And they uh, and they scratched him that game, that final game of the season. I'm like, yes, he's going to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and I get it. I get it. You know, Sweeney was freaking, you know, traumatized for having to play Tommy fucking Cross in an NHL playoff game. Right. It was ugly. It was ugly. Can we say that it was ugly? It was. But so was John Moore. Oh, he's got really nice eyelashes. But Brandon Carlo, when I met him, I told him I was so happy he got to play in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) I told him that because I just felt like I was like so happy for him. I needed to tell him that, even though it was months before. (laughs) Hey, and what did they do in that playoffs? They went all the way to game seven. (sighs) Yeah. But... I know, I know you're looking at it like, oh, this is a sad thing. But I'm saying my boy, my boyest of boys made that happen. Not by himself, but, you know, his addition was like a, a great big thing. So, all right. So good win today, four to one. Next up, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about some injuries. So, um David Krejci is still whatever it was. Uh, lower I haven't body heard anything injury. about him skating either. Nope, he's skating. But okay. I don't he's not skating with a non-contact. So I think he's doing the the whole skating before practice. So, and on his own. Grizz but, took regular shifts yesterday, but wasn't good to go. Yeah, I was hoping because he traveled with the team that he would go, but for any of these games, but he did not. I remembered him this week. Last week, I forgot about him. This week, I remembered. Kevin Miller is experiencing pain in his knee, which scares me. And it's really a shame because he's been so good. And I'm, the team is clearly worried because they picked up Jared Tenorti, <laughs> whose main talent is being six foot six. Um, oh, damn it. I don't want him to be taller than my boys to boys. Yeah, that's basically it. I there was a, a tweet that I read from a Preds fan that said that they would rather have um, Edward Scissorhands as their gynecologist than have Tenorti on the team. So that's something. Um, my guess is that, that people get better, and the Bruins don't need him anymore by the time he actually clears the um, uh, quarantine, the quarantine COVID protocols, because he had to travel would have had to travel by commercial airline to get from. Nashville to Boston, unless he's going to rent a car. Right. So, but odds on they won't need him anymore by then, which means they'll wave him, at which point it won't matter because he'll either end up on the taxi squad or in Providence or picked back up by Nashville. And who the fuck cares? It, nothing to worry about. Yeah. Like, I saw people on Twitter being grumpy about him. Like, why? Like, yeah, this, this, there's no risk here. It's like pulling up your couch cushions and finding. A quarter or two. I think a lot of people on hockey Twitter don't really understand how the waiver, what the kind of players you pick up on the waiver wire, how that works. Right. They, they don't have trade value. 
they don't have trade value. They're they're not necessarily players you even want. You're like, okay, this person could fill a hole for a moment. You know, like the Jamel Smith pickup. Will he play one game in Boston? And apparently Patrice Bergeron saved his life. That's a different story, though, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they, it, that's all this is. Like, like we shouldn't expect it to be something catastrophic like the, you know, Kasper's Dogovens uh, claim, which ended up playing, you know, in the fucking cup final. And that really went well. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about that guy all the time. Poor yeah. ghost dog. Yeah. No, like, like. I mean, this is probably much more Jamel Smith claim. It's not going to be a Landon Ferraro claim where he's like, well, everyone kind of likes him, but he doesn't really, he's not effective, but he's on the roster forever for the rest of the year now. Or the Corey Potter claim, which is everyone's like, oh yeah, that guy was a Bruin for 15 seconds, right? No, no, no. This is, this is, this is, it's not a solution to anything, but it's, it's, it's not, not a stopgap. My, my lasting impression of Corey Potter was on behind the B when they were talking about getting him, you know, at the trade deadline or something. And they were going through, uh, you know, some Bruins uh, assistant in the head office was like, uh, or the front office was like, hey, um, so we know that you usually wear six. Uh, what other number would you like? Um, seven? Nope, you can't have seven. It's a retired number. Um, eight? Every number he picked for like the first couple numbers was retired. So he had to, I think he... Was he 16 or something? I don't even remember. He ended up being 6, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he was... No, oh no, wait, wait a minute. I don't think his number was 6. I think he ended up being 6. But he he says, my number is whatever it was. And they were like, nope, you can't be that. Can't be that. So 6 was nope, the one. Nope. So here's this cursed number. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the worst number you could be on this team. 6. Remember when Colin Miller played so much better when he wore 48? <laughs> and then he changed to six. <laughs> that was the last we ever saw of Colin Miller. I mean, like he got sentenced to Buffalo for reasons. Hey, you know what? Whatever. Um, all I know is that when I went to the Vegas Golden Knights game, my first game in Vegas, my first and only game in Vegas, and the Bruins were, you know, we were traveling to see the Bruins. They had Colin fucking Miller as the poster boy on that poster. <laughs> but, I think Chris Malcolm Subban got the start and won too. Yeah, yeah. They were better than the Bruins that game. Definitely. I had something similar happen to me one time with um, it was baseball though. It was the Baltimore Orioles. The only game I ever saw in Baltimore of all people, Kevin Millar hit a walk-off home run against the Red Sox for the Orioles in the 10th inning. And, of course, Kevin Millar was a big part of their 2004 World Series team. So, yeah, I had a similar experience with a player being, like, prominent. Yeah, well, I mean, I never really cared about Colin Miller, so there we go. The biggest injury, or not the biggest, but the most long-term injury that we know of right now is the Jeremy Lausanne. Uh, he had hand surgery after uh, after breaking his paw there at the outdoor game. Yep, yep. So he is going to be evaluated in four weeks. And between that and Kevin Miller's knee discomfort, this is where the wheels came off the defense. Yep, yep. Uh, 
I think we can say from what we've seen is, well, John Moore just needs to be less. Yep. Uh, less is more. needs to put on about 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, because uh, Glenn said to me today, he's like, I expect Urho or Arho or whatever you say his name. I expect Vakaninen to be faster because he's like a smaller body. But uh, since he's not faster, put on the weight, buddy. He's six one. He's playing. He's playing weights way too light for that bill for, for that frame. That's what it is. He's he, he's a stay at home defenseman. So like being slender is not going to work, buddy. No, FIFA. <laughs> I mean, I love the way he moves on the ice. I do, but it's not as fast as, as, as it looks. It's sort of like John Moore skating. It looks lovely. It's just, eh. <laughs> it's fluid. It's good. He's a good skater. Right. Skating is important. Skating is important. It is important. And I've actually been thinking about that with like Sweeney's draft strategy. Now it's really sort of coming together. It's like they really, he singular, he has a singular focus on raw tools I think he loses the forest for it. I mean, as a result, they take on more projects than they should. That's fair. You know, it's like they're. You know, it's like guys. You don't. I mean, he maybe you got the guy you want, but if you know they're a project when you're drafting them, and someone after them is not a project, and while they may have the same, I don't know. It just seems like they're overthinking it. They're trying to big brain it. Yeah. And to an extent, I'm just like, uh, all these guys from 2015 prob- finally sorting themselves out, including it increasingly looks like possibly Sinishin. I don't know if that, this is going to reward that philosophy, and that philosophy is not really a good one to have. <laughs> no. I mean, some, some players do take longer to develop, which is fine for a guy like that you take maybe in the second, third, fourth round, not like three consecutive first-rounders. I, I said, that's it, you know, my, remember, remember ages ago, I said, Sinition reminded me of Mike Hoffman in terms of, in, in terms of development arc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The timeline still check out. Oh yeah. You said it was Mike Hoffman. I kept thinking it was Mark Stone for some reason. And I was like, no, uh, no, no, that would have been awfully optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I forgot. That's all. It's a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. There, you know, I had some thought and it just flew completely out of my head. Um, so I guess we'll, we won't be talking about that. Whatever it was. It was so did fun. we ever talk about Parlin Home going home? We, I, we did not. I mean, that's a while ago now, but like, I don't think we talked about it last episode and that would have been when it would have come up. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, Tim. Mm. I knew you liked him, so I thought that would have mattered to you. <laughs> it did. I was sad. And then people made fun of me for being sad about it. But I was like, it made sense for him. He wanted I mean, to be people, people were making fun of you for being kid. sad of it. They apparently are not familiar with your obsession with Nicholas Fedberg. Yeah, they weren't. They aren't. Yeah, If they were making fun of you for that, they're assholes. Can we say that? That's the most important thing. Douche canoes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. douche canoes. Look, I appreciate that you like the finer points of unknown players, (laughs) (laughs) relative unknown players or quirky players. I get it. You know, there's a reason why Gregory McHegory exists, right? People love his name. I didn't know what his face looked like until today. I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm just like, that's what Greg McHegg looks like? Really? That's almost disappointing. 
And I don't even know what I expected. <laughs> I just said, that doesn't look like a Gregory McKegory to me. But anyway, there, there's a reason. He has either a ar- leg for arm nor an arm for a leg. <laughs> hockey, hockey is such, can we just be honest? It's such a niche sport. Yeah. It's one of the big four, but it's the one that no one ever really thinks about. People can name all sorts of basketball players and stuff like that, but they're hard pressed to even name some of the names, the big names of hockey. So it's like, you know, we can like the finer points of uh, uh, unknown players. We can like players like Nicholas Svedberg and Yuna uh, Kombinen, Andrew Ferentz, Adam McQuaid. I mean, I know that those guys won cups and stuff like that. But, you know, on any other team, they get like washed out and lost and whatever. I love Elvis Merzlikens. First of all, awesome name. Second, his celebration music when he wins is an Elvis song. I love it. And his name follows the Latvian way of being plural. So, yes, I get it. Is Elvis Merzlikens going to go in the Hall of Fame? No. (laughs) Probably not. But he is going to be fun to watch, damn it. And you have to have fun however you can in this game. It's not always by watching the big stars. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm so happy that at my first NHL game, I got glass seats so I could take a picture of Yager's butt. <laughs> However, <laughs> with the great sign in the background, like a, the little like sign around the ring of the, uh, the, the rink that says, waiting till intermission to, to go pee. <laughs> it was a Molson uh, ad. But anyway, my point is, is this. You can like who you like, and when people say don't, you shouldn't like that person or they make fun for, of you for it, just relish in the fact that they're assholes, Tim. Douche You know? You don't yeah. even have to tell them that. You don't even have to feed them. You can just say, eh. You know? Ha ha ha, the joke's on you. I'm going to still love whoever I want to love. I will, damn it. Because this is America, baby. And that's what we do. Fuck yeah. It is what we do. Fuck yeah. Exactly. And they do it in Canada too. Somebody made a song about what's his name? Chichu. The Chichu song. Oh my god. Yes. It's fun. Have fun. Love who you want to love. There we go. I will. Love who you want to love. You can love them for their animals. You can love them because they're hot. You can love them because they're they they just their name that the, there's just some little quirk about them that you like you can love them because somebody needs to love them that's what it started out with brandon carlo for me it was like one i saw him make a, a smart play that was like so easy but so many people have done dumb things with it i mean you're predisposed to him before he ever played ever put on a jersey though because Right away, he introduced himself as a stay-at-home defenseman, and you were feeling bummed because in the last year, in in, in recent years, you had lost all several of, of your boys. I did. I lost them all, including my dream husband. So, yeah, I was very upset. So, yeah, he's my kind of guy. He's a big, tall stay-at-home defenseman, you know. So, of course, you know, it does not hurt that he's easy on the eyes. But I digress. <laughs> you know, that was not the immediate thing. I just was like, I saw him in Providence. And there's just something about the uniforms they were wearing that were very similar. That game, they were similar to the Winter Classic ones. 
you know, from 2019. And he just, I saw him and he's like really super tall. And I was like, oh, that's Carlo. I get to see him. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I mean, I loved him before that, but then I really loved him. So it's fine. We all love who we love. It's fine. You know, you can't get me to stop loving Brandon Carlo. You can try. I might be able to stop loving Sean Corrales, but not Brandon Carlo. Okay, I've dedicated way too much time to that. Perhaps we should talk about the games that are coming up this week. Uh, yes. So, uh, so we have uh, three games uh, in the coming week. Uh, starting off, uh, and they're all at home at um, uh, at, at, at um, TD Garden. Uh, the first two, these are Wednesday, the March 3rd, and Friday, March 5th. Both of them are against the Caps, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, Chara coming home, or did that already happen? I can't remember if there was if there was a home game against the Caps in there. Nope. This is them. Well, there it is then. Yeah, it's going to be so weird. I think I'm no longer really angry about this anymore, but I'm still puzzled by why we let two-thirds of our left-side defense go. Yeah. And then follow it off on the 7th, that's next Sunday, with a really awkward start time of 5 p.m. Eastern at home against the Devils. Uh, oh, that's a devil of a start time. Uh, I don't want to watch that game. I don't want to watch it. Okay. I'm on record I'm just, now. I'm just, so, I'm just so miles wooded out. I just want to tune him out until the Bruins inevitably pay too much to trade for him. <laughs> I, I resigned myself. It's happening. I, it might not happen soon, but it will happen. <laughs> I told you in that first podcast back trade for Miles Wood. It's going to happen. We know it. I'll be happy if the Bruins don't let Col- uh, Kyle Palmieri score a shorthanded goal on them. I'll be glad oh, if, if Mackenzie Blackwood lets in at least one more goal than their team scores. I would be much happier if it were blowouts, honestly, because we know that the the Devils are not that talented. So, and the Bruins should win that game hard handily, but they don't. But uh, I just I don't want to watch that game. I just don't. That's that's where I am with this. Oh, by the way, I just want to say, Par Lindholm. We did not even go into why he left. He went back to Sweden. He wasn't. He, he won. He wasn't playing. He had an opportunity there, and he wanted to be close to his family. Exactly. Yeah, he just had a kid within the last year, I think. So. Yep, I don't blame him. All of these were good reasons. Any of these would have been good reasons. So supremely yep. defensible. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, if you are a borderline NHL player, and you decide you want to go play somewhere else, then go play somewhere else. It's fine. I mean, you you took a shot at your dreams, and it just didn't work out. It's fine. Yeah. The guys who, like, are constantly, like, sticking it out in the AHL, I mean, God bless them. It's it's hard. It really is. Well, like, that's just because it's, like, Paul Carey, that's a, a special kind of dedication to a dead-end career if you're a, if you're someone like Paul Carey. Oh, or yeah, for sure. Tommy Cross, who's um, playing for Providence again now. He, um, the, 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 the Panthers have loaned him to, loaned him to Providence. Um. <sighs> But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how you stick out a minor's career that long. Apart from you don't know how to do anything else, I guess. Your love of the game outweighs your wanting to leave it. 
That's what it is. Because I feel like people who really love to play hockey, that's what they love to do, obviously. So they don't want to do anything else and they want to make their careers last as long as they they can. So Mm -hmm. it's tough. It's a really rough road and a real rough ride. But uh, they say if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life, right? Right. So there you go. Also, just to give an update on good old Parr, he's played six games in the Swedish uh, league right now. He's got a goal and four assists in six games. Okay, good. Good for him. Good for him. It's working out. Good for him. He's got it all. He's making it work. Fantastic. That's the best that you can ask for. Excellent. So, all right. I think we have now talked about the schedule. We've talked about Parr at home. You know, oh Claude, we want to talk about Claude really quick. Oh yes, so uh, Claude got fired. Yep, the night before he got fired, I saw a tweet from George Laroque, who is a player that no one ever talks about during Black History Month, but he was a player. He was a, a puncher, not like. I don't care. Know, he was still a, a hockey player. Guy. I, know, I know, but he was still a hockey player. He still was in the NHL. He he served a role, it, whether it was protecting Sidney Crosby or it was protecting somebody on the Oilers. I don't know who it was. But anyway, my point is this. George Laroque, who is from Montreal, who watches Montreal a lot, uh, basically, and he played for them at the end of his career for, for a little bit. Uh, he said, oh, Bergevin's got to make a decision on Claude. And he's got to fire him because he's lost the room. Right. The boy, they're not responding to him. And I saw that and I went, huh. I'm like, this is a guy who played in the NHL and a guy who watches Montreal pretty closely. So I'm going to guess that he's on to something. Right. I'm not saying there's a direct correlation that he you know, has. The is that roster is not any good. But, but like my- Bergevin's got, there's got to be a knife at Bergevin's throat by now. I'm just saying this. I, this is what I think happened. One, it was obvious to the casual, uh, even it was obvious to fans that Claude needed to go. It doesn't matter what the roster necessarily looks like in in a way. And also Carrie Price is not playing well. We know that. So it, I just looked at it as like, I was not surprised to find out that Claude was fired the next day because I saw something in reference to it the night before. So, therefore, I was like, oh, not surprised. And I also felt a little bad for him because it's like he had a heart attack for you guys last year. Yeah. He had a heart attack for you, and this is what you do to him. And also, I feel like they just found another French-speaking coach, and they were like, hey, another French-speaking coach. We can get rid of the last one. And Alex Burroughs. Ugh. Fuck sakes. As Mandy said, their bites per 60 are going to be through the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway like i feel bad for claude but like it'll be interesting to see what he does now after that health scare is he gonna take some time off or is he gonna because like suddenly he easily displaces galant and um, um and boudreaux is the best coach on the market right now right so right if i were claude and, and maybe i'm a little more conservative in my approach i look at it as like hey i am uh I'm a certain age. I've had a health scare and I have children who are still in their teens. I would like to see my kids at least get into college. I have boatloads of money. He's guaranteed 5 million next year anyway too, right? Right. 
he can sit for a little bit if he wants to. And who knows? Maybe he wants to go out for the Kraken job. Did they actually hire anybody for the Kraken they job? They haven't hired anyone yet, no. Okay. Nope. Yeah, all right. So, I I don't know. Do you see Ron Francis, like, hiring him? I mean, so here's the deal. It's like, they, I mean, based on the, the front office they've built there, they're putting, a, they're leaning a fucking heavy into, into analytics and stuff, right? And, you know, while it was not a particularly good roster in recent years, the Habs had had pretty reliably starting last year excellent expected goal numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Claude is a good, good coach, so I, I can see it. Okay. Well, sit out for the rest of the year at least. On the flip side, Gallant's available, and you know he can thrive in that situation. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then there's always Bruce Boudreaux, but like you know, I, and like, and you know, people say, "Oh, you know, Bruce Boudreaux can't be that good. He can't break through." It's like he's going to break through eventually. He every full season he ever coached, his teams made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Sit out the rest of the season. Maybe even sit out next season if you're getting paid five million. You got a lot of money. It's a just, again, these coaches, it's the same thing. It's like their love of hockey outweighs anything else. I think it's like that for most sports, though. I mean... Of course, of course. Sports. I'm just saying that for hockey. Of course, it's that way for any sport. Right, right. I get it. Just, they just love the game. Yeah. They want to be part of it in whatever way, in the best possible way that they can. So... Yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, his uh, tenure in uh, in Montreal lasted how long? Like three years, almost. He was hired about a week after uh, after um, uh, he was fired from Boston, right? So that would have been seventeen January, January or February seventeen. Yep. All right. Well. Anyway, Habs in disarray. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Yeah, I thought they were going to be a little something better this year, but apparently not. So, uh, I mean, they're paying ten and a half million dollars for an old goaltender who just isn't that good anymore and hasn't been for some time. So, and that contract still is what another six or seven years or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Well, haha, 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 better them than us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so I guess I think that's about it, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Well, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can talk to us on Twitter. That would be at Barely on Topic. And follow us on Facebook. That would be at Barely on Topic Podcast. Then, of course, if you're so inclined, there are individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at I Love My Boys of Boys.com. Also known as at VA from RI. Tim? Word! <laughs>